Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very 242nd episode of the Shut Up and Sit Down podcast. Whoa! That's so many. A podcast about board games, board games, board games, board games, board games. And this is the third episode of our PAX Unplugged playlist wow. series. Imagine a drum roll in your head. We've really smashed that, <laughs> the juice right out of that fruit. We played so many games we at did. PAX, and we are determined to talk about all of them. I mean, that's not even true. We're just talking about the ones that we want to talk about. That's true, yeah. Which is them we can, we can get rid yeah, of. Yeah, we've, we've already killed a whole bunch from that list. <laughs> You're getting the cream of the crop. Yeah, or at least the crop that has interesting cream within it. Exactly. So There's no boring cream, no milk toast cream on this crop. Uh-uh-uh. So what are we talking about first? We're going to talk about Inside Job. After which we will talk about Fun Facts, CDSK, Nekojima, and Turbo Kids. But first up, Inside Job. This is a trick-taking game published by Cosmos Games that has a hidden traitor mechanic. Oh, no, there's a hidden traitor in the box oh, somewhere. again. There's a hidden traitor in this room. Traitors are really popular now. Everyone yeah. loves being a traitor. Everyone does love them. We've got the television program on the BBC. Yeah. We had, uh, there was a, an attempted coup in America a little while ago. <laughs> it's just, everyone's into it. Everyone's into it. One of those things is uh, way better than the other. Mm. That's right. It's... I'm trying to do a switcheroo there. Okay. I was trying to do it a little switcheroo, but it didn't. It's not going to work, is this it? This is a trick-taking game. It is. With somebody being a baddie in being it. Being a little nasty boy. I really thought this was a lot stronger than I expected. Yeah, same here. Initially, I saw a small box that said, but somebody's a traitor. And I thought, sigh. My, my brain thought, sigh. It did. Just because I think I've just played so many of them and so many games that involve having like, but somebody's a traitor are just... Not as good as some of the kind of core ones. Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, it's, Avalon is great. Yeah. It's hard to get to those heights. It is indeed. It's really hard to contest with stuff like that that is like the greatest of the great. And I think that Inside Job does that by not trying to claim that throne no. in any way. It's kind of interesting that it has a hidden traitor mechanic, but often the traitor doesn't necessarily stay hidden for that long, or at least didn't in some of the games that we well, did. Well, I thought it was a real mixed bag. I found yeah. it really interesting. Mm. And actually, it, 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 we played a ton. As we mentioned, I think, in earlier podcasts, we played a lot of trick-taking games we did. on this trip. Tom <laughs> just kept getting trick-taking games out as if there was not a global shortage of trick-taking games, let's I don't, just say. I don't even like trick-taking games that much. You had so I mean, many. But I just had so many. I'm not like some trick-taking freak. No. I just had tons of them on me. But not to shame trick-taking freaks either. But it was no. a bit like <laughs> you don't see a Kylie Minogue show and instead of costume changes every five minutes, it was a new trick-taking game. I had them sewn into the uh, lining of my trousers, <laughs> jacket, jumper. Blinded by sequins. <laughs> it was fabulous. But this one I thought was really interesting. And I thought, oh, trick-taking, you know what? This is a really solid foundation for yes. a what if someone is not helping on purpose. Yes. Because of the way that the hands work in terms of sometimes people can't play what they want mm -hmm. to. And you think, well, that's not helpful, is it? But you legitimately constantly are able to go, well, it's the best I can do. Yes. And a few times I didn't know who the you bad one was. You fell was for it. Yeah. I think it was Pip most of the time yeah. in our games. Yeah. So the way that this works is, yeah, you play a trick-taking game, people around the table, it follows standard must-follow trick-taking rules. If someone leads a blue, then everyone has to play blue. And your goal within each round is to accomplish some kind of goal. So like the second person has to win the trick, you know, with, with mm -hmm. a high card or like, you know, everyone has to play a card lower than a five and then the last player will win it or, or something like that, for example. And then if you complete enough of these missions, you win the game or at least the good guys win the game. So mm -hmm. if you manage to jump those hurdles, you'll be fine. However, there is one person who's working against you. Their goal is to collect these briefcases, briefcases that you win by winning 
any trick. Yes. It doesn't matter if you're good or bad. If you win a trick, you get a briefcase. And if you reach a certain threshold, then the if you are the traitor... If you're the baddie. If you're the baddie, you'll win. If you're a goodie and you get to that threshold... Does nothing. You're fine. Nothing doesn't happens. Matter. Nothing happens at all Which is, you keep playing. It's really cool. Yeah, I, really I liked it a lot. And the <laughs> fact that it means that simultaneously everyone is trying to do the objective in terms yeah. of being like, this is like the first player must play the highest card in the mm-hmm. trick to pass it. So everyone wants to do that. Or you think they do. Mm. Somebody doesn't want to. Mm. But then also if you are a good player, then you want to try and win the tricks because you know that every briefcase you get yes. is safe yes. because you're you know that you're not else. a baddie. But then obviously it means that everybody has the legitimate reason to say, <laughs> I know I keep winning the briefcases, but that's fine because I know I'm good. Yes. In yes. a way that you're like, uh, I can't really disprove that. <laughs> And then there's there's a really fascinating like sort of second layer to it as well, which is that everyone has it's a must follow trick taking game, except for if you're the traitor, if you're the baddie, you do not have to follow yeah. suit. And so yeah, that adds a really nice layer of like, oh no, I've not got any blues in my hand, but do you really? Yes. Because you seem to be a comedian. Yeah, it, it was it was nice. I was surprised by how much I liked it, and mm-hmm. it made me think a lot. It was one of those um, one of those sort of genre combiners where I think, oh, this is smart. Yeah. Really made me unpick the the whole trick taking the shape of the genre really sure, and dissect sure. it in a way that I thought this is clever yeah um, I hope it's a game that that we see knocking around and people play a bunch and talk a bunch it's the sort of thing I, I think deserves to be appearing as a as a game between games and conventions for a few years because yes. I just think it's that like oh this is smart yeah in a way which is rare you see stuff like that where you you play games where they merge genres together in a way that makes you think makes you think about the core genre yeah right? and, I, and, and subverts it I think in a really fun way as well like even just the sort of like core considerations of like in trick taking games those like controlling the tempo you know being the player who leads is so important but like that's doubly bad if it's the you yeah. know if the because we had a game where we knew one person was the traitor there was no way it could be anyone else but they just had like amazing cards yep. where they, they sort of stockpiled their cards to be like and I win this trick and I win this trick and I win this trick and just carried on that lead and that's something that you normally have in any trick taking game but having it sort of wrapped in this sort of like you know uh, hidden trader mechanic is it's very smart it's good yes. make you think yeah no very cool very good cool game. worth a mention worth a mention should we move on to the next game on our little list let's do it the next game that I've got on our little list Matt is fun facts. Fun facts. Oh my goodness. This uh, this was a lot of fun. It this was, was probably my, my highlight of the entire show. We played we this played with this. Board Game Barrage. Mm-hmm. And it's a game about how well do you kind of know each other and yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where you get asked a question mm-hmm. and everyone has to write a number on it being like, I think, you know, what's a good example? Like, I think one of them was like, how old do you feel? Internally? <laughs> yes. Yes. Like from zero to one whatever <laughs> how old do you actually feel yeah. regardless how old you are or it was like what was your favorite age or something like that something something yeah like there's, a, there's a, there was a few things like that yeah. what was what was your favorite age if you could be one age forever what would it be yes and then everyone writes down a number and then one by one you go and you put them down on the table and the first player just puts it down yeah. after that people decide whether they want to put it higher or lower or than the ones before. Yeah, you yeah. Can you can sort of sandwich them in wherever you want, right? Yeah, your number goes face down on the table, so no one knows what your number is. They just want to know if if they think they are their internal age is older or younger than Matt's internal age. Yes, <laughs> yes. So as it goes on, people are like, "Well, I think I'm there," 
and you're kind yeah. of sliding these chevrons around to put them in the positions where you think you go in the context of everyone. And then at the end, the person who put it down first gets one final chance to move theirs. To shuffle, yeah. To kind of shuffle them about a bit and be like, no, I think I should be here, actually. Mm. Now I've seen what everyone else has done. Which can be like monumentally disruptive right at the end. When yeah. Like someone who you thought was like a solid, like, you know, baseline of like 10 or something like that. And they suddenly shuffle up to a position that implies they might be like 400. Yeah, well, I think when we played it, like, I think Pip thought that the age she'd like to be was like seven. <laughs> <laughs> or something. I, mean, I think it was like the age that she feels she is. I can't remember what it was, yeah, but it yeah. was very much like a wide range. Mm. Um, but what was funny about this was the fact that, yeah, you then flip them all over and yeah. it's a cooperative game where you want to try and like all be correct as much as you can yeah, in terms you, of getting the order of them right. I think it's the longest sequence is your point. So the longest, you know, you get to flip those tiles without one of them being out of order. Yes. That's how many points you get. And it's the same thing as like Just One or So Clover or whatever, where you then score against a sort of arbitrary point leaderboard at the end. But it's mostly about the odd discussions you have yeah. during it, right? Some of the questions were wonderfully fruity. <laughs> I think one of the ones which was like, it was something to do with like, how old do you feel? Yeah. Uh, and like Pip wrote like a seven or something. And then it was like, <laughs> on a scale of one to 100, how seductive do you think yes, you are? That was a great one. And Pip's was like, 80 or something she was like well, it's really dependent isn't it it's like really it contextual is. I'm like yeah fair enough but then it's like also hilarious just the context of that question followed by that question it was like oh <laughs> what's happening um, we had a lot of fun doing that um, we had a, a raucous moment where it was out of all the people around the table how many do you think mm -hmm. you could beat at arm wrestling yep. and I went in audaciously saying I could. I thought I could beat everyone at the table at arm wrestling <laughs> we, we were playing with board game barrage yes and that then led to me arm wrestling arm every wrestling member of board every game. Every member of board game. Oh, everyone. Yeah, and everyone me and Pip as well. At the table. Even though me and Pip were like, there is no way that we would beat you in an arm wrestle. We were, you were like, come on then, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> like, please, Matt. <laughs> I think if you folks had been at the end, then you might yeah. have done you might have been fine. Maybe. Because I still think that I could have beaten everyone there at an arm wrestle at that mm -hmm. point. But you were really weakened but by I Christina. Had doing them all one at a time, <laughs> it turned out was a, a lot. Christina was, and I, I say this with utmost respect and sincerity, Christina was an animal. <laughs> she was the most fiendish uh, combatant I think I'd ever had. She went beast mode. She yeah, I mean, I don't think even saying like, like, you know, competitor. I think everyone else was a competitor right. when we were arm wrestling. Yeah. Christina immediately became a combatant. <laughs> um, she had a, a dangerous energy had to kind of be stopped from sort of slightly cheating yeah. a few times because yeah. her desire to win was, was just so was like un unbelievable. You could see it like across everything. She was like, I think she said afterwards, she was like, I think I would have won if I was allowed to scream. Yeah. She was like, if I was just allowed to scream in your face, I think I would have won. And it's like, wow. Okay, that's where you, your brain was going. And then like, at like maybe like half an hour, 40 minutes later, she was like, did you let me win? Yeah. Because <laughs> she yeah. just wanted to be like, she wanted to be a fair she competition like, as well. hang on, you didn't let me win, did you? And it's like, no, I was in a lot of pain. I was literally looking at you being like, stop. Because it was like, it was hurting my arm a lot. I could see that it was hurting hers. And I was like, if we keep if we keep doing this, like one of us might break an arm. Like that does happen with this stuff. But it was the fact that she was like, "Did you let me win?" It's like absolutely not. You did. I did beat her in the end. Yeah, but but at great cost. At great cost. And then everyone else afterwards, my arm was just destroyed. Yeah. But I mean, the thing I enjoyed most about that was the fact that we did this whilst just in the free play area of in the, the middle board of the game convention. Yeah. And I think the people at the tables. Uh, sitting playing Euro games either side of us. Mm -hmm. I don't think any of those people knew who any of us were. Mm -hmm. So I just, I found it very funny that we just immediately took over the convention with this <laughs> really quite chatty energy <laughs> of us just suddenly like, 
shouting and arm wrestling yeah. in the middle of a board game jock behavior. Yeah, I think people would have been like, who are these people? <laughs> I think that was like, I mean, that is that is that, is that a good advert for fun facts? The kind of game where you could, you know, at, sort of at the behest of the game, you could spontaneously burst into arm wrestling. It's that kind of game. It it was it was very funny. The yeah. fact that you were asking people to rate their own like abilities on things. Yes. Just very much played into the hilarity of people being absolutely egotistical yeah, yeah. in a way that really was a lot of fun. Do you think this is a good family game? Because I think that there are obviously questions in there that are a little bit like... Yeah, you, know, you probably skipped friendly. some of the spicy ones. But <laughs> I think that it was interesting because we spoke to... Um, the board Game Brush played it before. They played it a, a fair amount. And they were saying that it's like, it can get very heated. And I can imagine that in yeah. this game. If you take things personally, especially. <laughs> I think it could. I, yeah. I haven't. I didn't see enough of the questions to really n know. I, I think it's not like on a wavelength thing where no. like it's, I don't think it's one of those ones that sparks like debates no. as much. But there were definitely some questions which were like, I think one of the questions was like, how how many years of your life would you give up for the ability to teleport? Oh, yeah. Right? And yeah, that yeah. ended up being a slightly heated conversation, I think, <laughs> just because some people were like, none. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, people and people were almost just like, what? What are you? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. um, Someone was like 10. And I was like, oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, I think that's equally mad. Yeah. Uh, but me, a cool one. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd give up one. I'd um, give up one maybe five. Anyway, like, yeah, I could see how it could have that kind of. I think with any good party game that, that leads to discussion, mm. I mean, it's like, yeah, it goes without saying, anything that leads to discussion, if left, uh, like, unprotected, if with your family, could be disastrous. Yes. Because sometimes it's good not to have discussions. <laughs> sometimes you just watch Chicken Run on the television. <laughs> and, and you all go, well, that was nice, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you think, it was all right, but you go, yes. Yes. It was nice. It was nice. Next up on our list, CDSK. CDSK. A trivia game with, I think, one of the worst names in board games. It makes a lot of sense, though, because the CDSK stands for different things. Creative. D do you know stuff? <laughs> uh, seriously, though, do you know stuff? <laughs> and K being like... Knowing stuff. Knowing stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are, yeah, there were four different like categories, categories of like, like creative knowledge... It's kind of whatever nonsense. No, for knowledge being one of the categories is crazy in a trivia game. Yeah, I think they one of them was knowledge. like life stuff. <laughs> um, I like the the stupidity of this game. Yeah, and I think it's a pretty solid like family quiz game. Yeah, there was the main issue we had with it were a lot of the questions were just like hyper American mm, in a way true. which is really that's common true. in most quiz games. So yes, you know whatever. Yes. Uh, but the the twist of it basically is that whenever you get asked a question, you play it in teams. And you get asked the question being like, how much do you think you know about parrots? Parrots. Yeah. And then on a scale of one to 10, you have to decide and then you get, you know, for each topic, there are 10 questions mm -hmm. ranging in difficulty from one, which is always like you could have been hit multiple times in the head with a shovel yeah. and you'll probably still get it right. It'll be like Torap is parrot backwards? Question mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Things like that. Or yeah. like, I think one of them is like true or false, like fossil fuel is called that because it's made in a factory by dinosaurs <laughs> and it's like mm, yeah I, I think that's not true yeah um and then 10 is always like silly 10 is yeah. always like you are a proper tri trivia nerd yeah it's like if you were to answer like a 10 question on space you would probably have to have gone there in your life yeah. <laughs> to answer like the be, question you know a real high-end a real dweeb is that physicist. what you're gonna say is that what you're gonna say to our audience no 
I, you, that's, say, I saw in your a eyes. A real physicist. <laughs> well, I held up this large cardboard sign that had the word dweeb on it and pointed at it emphatically to you. And I wish you wouldn't call me out on it, Tom. <laughs> You've got so many of those signs. I do. What do you think I do on the weekends? <laughs> so th- the premise of the game is just hubris, really. Yes. Being like, okay, I think I know loads about this. I know loads or about Or reverse what? hubris Omelette. of being like, oh, I don't know. And then ask it all four. And then you get it. And it's so easy. They're like, oh, we should have gone for yes, six we should have gone or something, higher. you know. Um, the actual structure of the game outside of that is unbelievably basic in a way that actually I've kind of got time for. It's just a track that you move along. Yes. It's properly old school. Yeah. Whatever number you chose, you get to move that many spaces forward along the track mm-hmm. if you get it right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even come with pieces. It just, just finds some stuff that you've got nearby as player pieces, which yeah. I forgot about when I got it out at New Year's and was like, where are the bits? <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, like it's it's sort of silly, fine, nothing. I think I was comparing this a lot to like Trivial Pursuit, which mm-hmm. is a game that people still seem to insist on wanting to play every now and then. Yes. And it's just hell. Yeah. It's and just this an is just better than that. Exactly. It's the same sort of thing of like, oh, do you think you're an expert about this? Go on then. Yeah. It's very satisfying. The review I give it from, because I gave this to my in-laws to play over Christmas. Sure. Without me, because I was not there. But I thought, oh, they'll like this because mm-hmm. they like bullshit and knowing things and knowing things and being cocky. And they like <laughs> simple games. <laughs> really, really slamming your in-laws. There, they just, they're <laughs> not they're not games people. They're, they're simple people. They like to win. OK. You know, they're interested in winning. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fine. But they're not interested in Whatever. games. They're not interested in play. Right. No. OK. Um, and Very so distinction, to be fair. Yeah, I think it is. And so I, I thought they'd like this. And they did. But what I heard back was that my brother-in-law got really angry with it and really annoyed about it because there are some <laughs> bonus rounds you can get where it's like in a, in a minute you can get up to 10 points by listing things. Or whatever. Oh, yeah. And yeah, he yeah. got annoyed because he thought they were too easy to get too many points, right. which is like, okay, that's a downside for people who like nonsense quiz games. But at the same time, mm. I think they played it four times in two days, which I think... <laughs> <laughs> explains a lot, a lot in terms of, of like okay they they just yeah, you really to... start to see the balance issues in cdsk if you play <laughs> it four times in two days so yeah i i found it quite funny um and i think it's a sort of like a really better version of all of those little quiz games yeah i think it's solid i think i you know i really enjoyed the game that we played i think it's like i really like that round where i think one of the rounds was parrots and Jeff from the Dragon's Tomb and Pip were on the same team together. And both of them went, well, one of them is going to be about the parrot from Aladdin, but which one? Yeah. And they were then trying to guess which difficulty of question would be yeah. a specific question about. And they got it right. They, yeah, got, I think it was like tra- seven yeah. was the one. And they got it. And they got it. Wild. Yeah, good little game, that with, yeah. with maybe the worst name ever. But... I, had, I had a fun time uh, playing it at New Year's uh, yeah. when I was in a team with someone who uh, had to go and put the kids to bed. So I was basically playing on my own for most of the game. <laughs> but then I absolutely nailed it a lot right. of time like one of them was like oh uh like game of thrones like Mm. and i was like uh i think i might be like nine or ten i might be like yeah ten like fine Mm -hmm. and then i got it right and everyone was like oh you're awful and then literally the last one i had to answer a question about geography and i was like about the rainforest i'm like i don't know anything about this (laughs) and then my partner came back and i was like do you know anything about the rainforest and she was like oh maybe and then she got it right and it was like yeah (laughs) that was like a lovely high five moment yeah i'm being like I'm hopeless. And then someone else going, I reckon I can do eight. And you're like, yeah? I got no scope on eight. Do it. I believe in you. It's it's a lovely, like, a lovely moment. Yeah. Fun Good thing. Game. Good little game, that. Should we move on to our next game? Yeah. Our next game is a little bit different. It's a dexterity game. A little bit different. We're going to talk about Nekojima. This Nekojima. game 
is I really like this game. I've been thinking a lot. We talked about on the last <laughs> podcast, we talked about a game called Misfits, uh-huh. which is a dexterity game where you're sort of building up these little wooden towers, you know, sort of like reverse Jenga style. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has a very nice quality of every time you build one of these odd towers, you're kind of making like a little art piece together. You're making something that's kind of physically like quite beautiful to look at. You're doing something. Interesting. You're not just wasting yeah. your time. Yeah, yeah come on. <laughs> but it's. It, I think there's a special space in those dexterity games, like Junk Art as well. Like there, yeah. The fact there is an artistic aspects to what you are creating is very like well, an enjoyable it, yeah aspect. yeah i find that like when you look at someone's balanced thing and you're like i like the look of that i like that object i think that's I like, like that in dexterity games i think that is i think that's a subtle but important part of the appeal of jenga if i'm yeah, honest like sure. it's not like art like artistic in a in a in a flagrant or like <laughs> crazy way it's quite brutalist but i think that like it is people get it's it's frustrating when you play Jenga when it falls over early. Mm. And it's not just because you have to set it up again. I think it's because everyone actually enjoys the process of watching this slightly unlikely structure take form. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. it's 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 beautiful in an abstract way mm-hmm. of being like, I can't believe this is still applying to the laws of physics. Whittling this odd little totem pole together. Yeah, and I think that that's an aspect of it. Yeah, for sure. So to that end, Nekajima's kind of one of those. Yeah. It's a game about kind of building a power grid network on an island mm-hmm. in theme. What it really is is a game about stacking these sort of little wooden cylinders onto a board and they've all got little coloured rope going between them, you know, red or blue or, or black ropes, I think, going between those, those two little points. And what you're doing is you are building up these little things and you are trying to make someone knock it down somehow. Yeah. Each round you'll roll two dice and both of the dice will show you where you're going to put those little wooden blocks this round so it won't be they're kind of like of poles your... aren't they yeah they're poles they're, they're, they're electrical poles they're a bit like um if you imagine just like really tiny skipping ropes <laughs> yes. but rather than the skipping rope handles both being like wooden poles that are the same length they're all like different lengths on either yes, side yes and so, they're like very like straight poles yeah. and yeah they are like they're meant to represent like sort of electrical pylons and so you roll these two dice and it'll be like put one in the pink quadrant of this little circular board you've got put one in the green quadrant of mm-hmm. that board and then that's what you do you put the two down and then you keep going that each player rolls the dice and you keep adding them up with some rules that make it a little more challenging you cannot have any of your wires touching any other wires yeah. so you always have to sort of like you know, loosen or what's the word? You can, you can ta- make them ta- make them tauter or more slack to try and like make sure that they can you know crisscross each other without touching. And you can also like loop them under stuff. That's completely fine. But your hands may not touch the electrical wire because no, they're electric. They're electric. And we house ruled every player going when that happened because it was just delightful watching people go like, oh no. But because these are these poles are all like different lengths it means mm-hmm. like you'll stack them on top so you'll, you might have a a long pole and a really short pole and you're like well i'll stand this long pole just on the on the floor on the board yeah. but then i'll put the short one on top of another pole in that district exactly yeah so you kind of make this very pleasing it's sort of a, a web tower yeah yeah like a sort of crisscrossy tangle that's all kind of very elegantly put together and you build something that is quite striking to look at it's very like tangled and messy but also like quite beautiful the way it's that quite nothing's high really touching. it gets tall like you stack I, I, a lot I was of these guys. really not expecting it to get as tall as it, as it did you, you can play it cooperatively or competitively we played it competitively yeah but i think that the cooperative aspect of just building like seeing how tall you can go is, is genuinely like quite exciting yeah and then I definitely the, got like photos maybe video of you playing it we'll have to yeah maybe 
the thumbnail list because this is such a hard one to visualize. It is, yeah. <laughs> but it was really satisfying watching you play it and getting really into it. Mm. And then you have to hang cats on things. So that's the twist is that there are these little uh, cats that if you put, because you're the way that you're determining what cubes, what sorry, what poles to put onto the border, like pulling these colored cubes from a bag. And eventually you'll get these black cubes that then have you hanging cats on them. And the cats can't touch an electrical wire other than the one they're on. They can't touch the ground. They can't touch the poles. Otherwise, bzz, that is a dead cat. And they're also kind of heavy. They sort of yeah. pull the whole thing down a little bit as well. So yeah, and it just becomes like a very pleasing object to look at, but also like quite tense as you try and weave your hands through this this network. We were playing it as a as a kind of competitive game, weren't we? But there yeah, was we a were. version to play cooperative yes, as well. Yeah. But it was that, it filled that nice space, you're right, of it being like we were playing against each other, but it still felt like you didn't you kind of were just enjoying building mm -hmm. the thing, so you yeah. didn't want it to collapse. You don't want to be like savage out the gate immediately no. with your like placement. Because there was one of the dice rolls is like you get to decide where someone else places things. Yeah. And you could be so mean with that stuff. But you kind like, of want to see it build. Yeah, early on we were like, oh, let it go a bit higher. Because then it's more fun when it does collapse. Because one of the most delightful things about it is if you build it really high and it collapses, it kind of caves in on yeah, itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I was really sort of stricken by this. I sort of want to get myself a copy. It all, right, it all tumbles together in a big kind of knotty mess. It's mm -hmm. very satisfying. And it is. Yeah. Really, really good. Yeah. Another an, another one of those games that like I think also like as a convention game, like I saw it walk around and it's just immediately striking, immediately jumps out on the table. You want to know how it works. You know, mm -hmm. you want to know what people are playing. Good advert for how weird and cool board games can be and can look. That's right. Rip it up and pass me my electric guitar. <laughs> Should we talk about the last game on this list? I want to do it. It's Turbo Kids. Turbo Kids. Speaking of games that are like, kind of, you want to know what's going on <laughs> when you see someone playing them. <laughs> uh, this is a, I don't even know how to begin to describe this, a competitive go-kart racing game where you got to come into this mind palace with me. Come and look at, this is it's what you're nothing and at. everything in a box all at once. <laughs> Imagine me. Tom Brewster shoves it down, okay. sat at a table, and I have a blindfold on, yep. and I have my thumb sort of is like... Is this a Saw movie? It is It is a Saw movie. Ten points to Matthew. Hey. All my thumbs disappear. Yeah. Mr. Jigsaw comes out on his little bicycle and says, I like you, done, you done messed it up. I like playing a game. I like playing a game. I've never seen any of the films. So I'm imagining like a, a, you know, know. A, a Saw movie, but like Jigsaw makes them play like Brass Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got like, I don't know, at the end it's like, you did not build a route to Belper, so yeah. now I'm going to kill you with Halfway through gas. it's like, now all of the canals disappear. And people are like, what? <laughs> no! <laughs> ah yes, <laughs> I've tricked you. <laughs> Jigsaw, why? Why do you have to be like this, Jigsaw? There's always one rule, and it benefits you more than it benefits anyone else when you bring it up. <laughs> so it's basically that, really. Yeah. Um, no, no, it's not. Come back to the mind palace. Yeah, I'm back. I, I I'll behave. I have got my blindfold on, and my thumb is on the table. Yeah, I've got my my hand outstretched and I'm holding your thumb as if it's a joystick next to me Matthew is holding my thumb like it's a joystick in my other hand I have a pen that is on a, a little race track that yeah. is like sort of roll and write mat yeah and what we do is we go three two one go and then me and Matt are one team racing against the other team who are doing exactly the same thing trying to get our go-kart to the end of a race as fast as possible yeah. by Matt using my thumb like a joystick and going left, left, fast, fast, slow, slow. Ah! Yep. That's and kind of it. if you've got more than two people on each team, then one person does the thumb joystick and another person just gives instructions. Correct. Um, I, this, as a, as a pitch, 
uh, I was absolutely fascinated Smitten. and enthralled by. The fact that you just look at the back of the box and it has a picture of somebody's thumb <laughs> being held while they draw, it just immediately is like, I know what this is. Yeah. But then it goes so hard by the, what the first line of text in the box is like, zombies may have taken over the city, <laughs> but that doesn't mean. And it's like, what? what? <laughs> just, just feels like it's just throwing everything at the wall. It really is. The box has all these different sheets of all these different racetracks you can play with. Yeah. And they're like kind of special things with yeah. like, oil slicks and da, 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 and there's like a tunnel where you can't communicate while you go through the tunnel and then there's like a jump where you have to like take your pen off the page yeah. and then like land it in a special landing zone and when you when you hit a wall you have to be taken back to the last like kind of checkpoint almost yeah. like the classic Likitu picks you up and puts you back and that, that does give you a really funny when you take the blindfold off and everyone like looks at each other's sheets very funny seeing all these different start points going from the starting line going like and then immediately like smack it into a wall and they shoot another one smack it into a wall and one manages to get a little bit further so it's got all of the hallmarks for something that should be a smasher yes. in the vein of something like Magic Maze or Looney Quest that mm -hmm. we reviewed a long time ago and I still think is sound sure i don't think it worked no I, no because we played it as adults right we and did then we weren't like massively enthralled by it because, but, but but then we thought well we're all adults right yeah. and yeah. we're not drunk <laughs> it's um, true so we thought well yeah, it seems fine but probably fun with kids yeah. right so i went out into the wild this is matthew's special report special report i've played this game with real children wow it's Matthew's special report. He's in your area, talking to you about the matters that matter. Laser focused on getting the scoop. He'll find it out, no matter the damages caused, fines incurred, or people traumatized. Now that's dedication. A ballistic missile of journalistic integrity. Where'd you get them? Found them. Mm -hmm. Friends of friends. Taps nose, emphatically. I'm holding up my large cardboard sign that just has a picture of a nose being tapped. <laughs> as if to say, don't ask questions. No, um, I, I took it over and played it with some kids around the kind of new year when we were playing with families and yeah, stuff. Yeah, sure. And I was like, I think the kids are going to really like this. Mm -hmm. Didn't go down how I expected. No, what happened? And it's really good to do this because I think sometimes I get a bit like, I think this would be good for families. Yes. But... The more I check stuff out, it's like sometimes I'm real wrong. Yeah, what kids like is is kind of this very, it's like an impossible, it's kind of really very, very hard to predict with board games. What kids are like smart enough for, what kids will actually enjoy playing. Yeah. And what they'll like, there's also a really interesting thing that I've always had with like my younger sisters of like, what will my sisters play on their own steam? Mm -hmm. What will they be like organically be like, I'll do this rather than having to have it like set up almost like as an activity, which is what I do when I was younger. I was like, let's do this thing. And it's sort of like a little session. But then there's very few games that break that barrier of something that they'll organically be like, let's play this. It was fun. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, yeah. Stomp the Plank absolutely nails that. Yep. But um, yeah, I think it's partly as well just that classic thing of like what adults imagine it is like to be a kid mm -hmm. in terms of your memory which is not correct <laughs> you know and it's like it's why parents buy kids really presents that this what people get annoyed with like oh they're just more interested in the box and the thing right. it's like yeah it's because boxes are still novel and cool <laughs> like just give them a box <laughs> if my boxes are boring then you could get them like a remote so much car. with one of those ones boxes are sick mm -hmm. then immediately they find it's really frustrating and it's not actually like <laughs> satisfying to do it and they cheat. Yeah. Like, because they want to do well at it. Yeah. yeah and it's yeah, yeah. like, okay, yeah. And it just felt like they didn't really want to do anything other than doing the drawing because right. that's the fun thing. Yes. Whereas, like, as an adult, I'm like, oh, kids 
steering around. They don't care about that. Like, no. They, they want to they do the thing. That's true. I, I think that, that it's interesting that like it isn't a particularly enjoyable role being the one in the blindfold for anyone, really. No. It's, not, it's not an engaging thing to be doing because you're just sort of following bad instructions and you just feel like a, a, a failure. I think it's one of those things where the, <laughs> the idea of the whole thing is it's so great. delightful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then actually every single role in it is not actually interesting. Yeah, or I think it's tricky. Or not fun. You know, we play Captain Sonar again mm. on this trip as well. And that's an interesting one in the fact that I think there's some truth in that as well. In the fact that some of the jobs in Captain Sonar are really engaging. And some of them are like, meh. And yeah. that's good because it's an intense game. And having jobs that are really simple sometimes is great if people want to engage with it, but they don't want to get into it, into it. But I do also think that the whole thing conjures up a, an excitement of the whole of what you're doing. That sure. means it's really, you do have that exciting sense of of being a part of something bigger. Right. Whereas when you're just wiggling someone's thumb and, and like trying to stop them from going into a wall, it's mm. like you don't get that sense of grandeur. No, <laughs> that's what you want in, in Turbo Kids. <laughs> no, but I definitely see the like, I think that the only, the saving grace there is that, but the fact that it is a race against another person, like another team yeah. on the other side, that does give it that sort of like, I really like that decision in games where it's like, you can do it fast or you can do it well. Yeah. And then having another team to, to compete with really makes you make those like decisions of like, I could really quietly navigate around this corner. I could slow down in my whatever, but we got a race to win. We got to yeah. zoom through. And I think that is maybe its its best feature. But yeah, yeah I definitely agree that it doesn't have, having played Captain Sonar again. And I think maybe we should have a chat about Captain Sonar at some point because I think that game is so group dependent. It is yeah. painful. Yeah. Like I did, I, I liked the games of Captain Sonar we played, but I did not love them. No, I, I think that the only ideal way to play Captain Sonar is um, with nine clones of Quentin Smith. <laughs> Uh, in my mind, like that, that would be my ideal setup. Hold on, there's, there's only eight <laughs> stations in Captain. Two of them can fetch drinks, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I got my maths wrong, but you know what I mean. That it's like you need everyone to be engaging with it. Yeah, in the same in the same way. Way because uh, it was interesting, like having everyone be, trying to be on the same like the same volume is what's really interesting yeah, about it's, that game. It's, like it's it's odd. Like yeah. it's it's. It very much is group dependent because there's there's an element of it as role playing. Yeah, really. Absolutely. Uh, you absolutely. have to be like you know when you're communicating, you want to whisper, but it's like that's not in yeah, the faith yeah, yeah, of the yeah. thing. You like, have to be like, I can't do it, Captain. Yeah, right. Yeah, you have to be a bit loud so the other team can hear what's happening because they're still going to get it wrong even when they can hear. Anyway, yeah, the, 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 it was fine. It, it it was fascinating watching one of the kids who was like eight, and I'm just gonna pure throw shade on a uh, on a yeah, dog sim. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He, he, he was cheating, right? Oh, the first oh. time he did it, I was like, oh, maybe I'm really good at giving instructions for this and doing it. But then I was like, oh, no, he's doing it like really too well. Mm -hmm. Like this is like he's clearly he peaking. Was just, he was just looking. And then there was a point where like on one point he lifted the pen off the page. And then he put the pen back and carried on drawing in exactly the right point <laughs> in a way that I was like, well, hang on a minute. Like if you can't see... Like, but if it gets us the win, and it was so funny though, because I remember saying like, "Oh, how about how did you do that?" Like, because there was a point where like you lifted the pen off and then you just put it back <laughs> exactly where it was before and carried on drawing. Mm. And I swear the face that he did when I when I like gently, uh, not even an accusation, but gently being like, mm, "How did mm. the Tim Robinson sketch where the woman accuses him of having talked to the waiter in the Mexican restaurant?" And <laughs> yeah, yeah. of him just going, "What? What? What, <laughs> what are you even?" Even talking about it was like identical <laughs> of him suddenly looking at me and going so like incredulous <laughs> yes like it was the most like un what 
what do you mean? <laughs> and I was just losing it. Um, but That's great. Better than that was the fact that <laughs> the kids opened the box excitingly and were going through and pulling things out. And then they found a component in the box, which they, one of them, the younger ones, became visibly a little bit upset by. Uh-huh. And it's because it wasn't a component. It was it was one of the the tags that was on one of the balaclavas that we bought. On that. <laughs> so it was just like a shiny tag that had a picture of a man wearing a black balaclava on it. <laughs> Which, out of context, was a bit sinister. They were like, what's this for? Oh, I was like, oh no, that's just a glossy picture of a man in a black balaclava. <laughs> I Give put one in me. every single board game I own. It's lucky. It just really made me laugh. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah why were we buying Balaclavas? Uh, yeah. It was funny. Yeah, it was funny. Don't tell them about the heist. Mm. I was thinking that maybe a good um, parallel to this, or just a, a maybe a good recommendation is, remember we played that Dungeons & Dragons Dungeon Scrawlers game? Yeah. Which was like a race through a dungeon where you had to like fill in things and like circle things and stuff. I think that might be more kid-friendly because it just you're just doing the fun thing and you can do it you know well i still there. i still think looney quest is sure is the one to go for because yeah. everyone gets to draw at the same time mm -hmm. and then you still have that wonderful moment of hubris mm -hmm. also you know kids they, they, you know they do get to an age where they like to cheat and peek yeah it doesn't work in looney quest because yes. like literally you cover up the thing and then you just have a go and it does and, and then that does also work in the dungeon scrolls thing you can cheat in there yeah. as well so like you, you put it on and you see how close you were you can't and you can't get it out of them. You can't. You can't. Kids love to cheat. They do. They it do. is really f interesting <laughs> watching. And I mean, I think that's fine. I think it's like, it's a natural part of like learning how the world works. Yeah. Is it's like, especially as a kid where it's like rules, 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 rules. But then there are circumstances where you're like, hang on a minute. There are times when I, I don't follow the rules and it's good. <laughs> and I make a million dollars. And like, you know, there's definitely a window of time where it's like, well, yeah, you, you now have to explain to them why you don't do that. Yeah. And there are good reasons, but there's definitely a window where they might just be like, well, I'm just going to not <laughs> follow the rules. Yeah. Especially when you're at school, which is like just this arbitrary, endless tunnel <laughs> of rules that don't really make sense. Kids love asking why and school is not necessarily prepared to, uh, to answer those whys. They got a point. They got a point. Like even the little girl from the same family who loves Stomp the Plank. Yeah. And like there was a point where they said, yeah, she started cheating. <laughs> because there's a point where they, they were like, we don't even see how she's doing it, but she's clearly <laughs> looking at the cards. There's a point where on her turn, she flipped one card. And this is a game where you go bust if you flip two of the same. Yeah. First card. And she just went, stop. And it's like, <laughs> why would you stop after one card? You don't what even have get you done there. Yeah. And then they're like, what's the next one? They're like, oh, funny. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> how do you, it's like, right. But it's yeah. creative. It's creative play. Yeah. Cheating. Like, it's just house ruling. It's, so it's, just, it's house ruling on your own. <laughs> when no one else when No one else knows. What's wrong about that? That concludes our absolute triple extravaganza of Pax Unplugged uh, and uh, Greater Adventures games than what we have played. We'll we talk are, about other, other games soon. Yeah, we are now padlocking up the giant container that is that selection of memories in our brain mm -hmm. 
and wow. You padlock yours? I yeah. just chuck them out. I have to padlock it mm-hmm. because it, otherwise they float back. Oh. And they wash up on the beach and those ideas just get mixed up in all sorts right, of right, mess. Right, right, right. Yeah, like mine going in the in the brain landfill is not, it's, it's eventually it will become untenable. Eventually your brain landfill will become toxic, mm-hmm. but I prefer to try and file things away, but with padlocks because I, I can never go back. <laughs> this There is no honor in this place. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was a fabulous trip. Great, great to play trip. so many games. Great games. And great to, to finish up our little roundup of all the cool things we yeah. played. And now I, I'm really hyped for like a new year. I feel yeah. like this is like like a nice, like even though now it's the middle of January, I feel like <laughs> we've just put a cap on... 2023 by doing this right yeah there's there's we've done our we've done our games from that year now every game's new and exciting Ah. boldly going on for to into new horizon pastures yeah great wow i really lost that at the end i think the listeners at home could probably tell this is the first podcast of the year from me we're having a nice sleepy time we're having a nice sleepy time in the sleepy podcast zone and we'll see you again soon for another of the Shut Up and Sit Down podcast show. In your dreams. Night, night. I got bees mixed up with sleep because of the Zs. Uh, Rookie error, rookie error.